1: is Mauricio Ramos. Thanks for being on the show, Mauricio. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's an honor. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this conversation. And uh, Mauricio is a full time real estate accredited investor. He's invested in 492 units in Texas. He's a lead sponsor on 48 units acquired in 2019. Currently controls over $1.7 million in multifamily assets. So, you know, thank you again, Mauricio, for being on the show. And uh, tell the listeners a little more about maybe where you're located and what your focus is right now. And I want us to dive into some details of maybe this 48 units that you purchased. For
0: sure. Whitney, first of all, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I'll be happy to share my story with your listeners. So I am from Mexico. I grew up in Mexico and I came to the u s for college. I came to Texas A& m University graduated as a civil engineer and worked in construction for ten years. I did that for ten years, about year seven, I started looking into real estate. It started changing my mindset, you know, just like many other people read. Reach That Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, Richest Man in Babylon, and those books really hit me. And that's when I really started looking into, all right, I have to do something else. I don't want to be working for the rest of my life. I have to do something else and found real estate and did a few small deals, a couple of mobile homes, wholesale a couple of houses, and immediately right away found multifamily and really clicked in my head. I'm an engineer, so I'm a numbers guy. And just the numbers of the, how to scale up the rents minus the expenses and your NOI and the cap rate, all that clicked in my head. And I immediately went for it. And I was able to quit my job three years later after doing real estate. Now I'm living in San Antonio. I have, I'm invested, like you said, in 492 units and I've syndicated 48, which are in McAllen, Texas. I'm doing full-time real estate now.
1: So let me get that right. So after three years of doing real estate, you were able to quit your job. That's correct. Okay. And what were the biggest things that allowed you to do that? You know, or maybe just on a high level, you know, was it like one or two deals that are like, okay, you know, this deal's big enough or what was it that allowed that to happen? It's a snowball effect.
0: I started with the smaller deals, did that first mobile home, second mobile home, and There was a definitely a key deal in my career that i was able to wholesale for a six-figure fee so that really helped me to be able to you know the money is stopped being the biggest issue to quit my job i was able to do that and i was already so involved in real estate i already own a 10 unit that was bringing me cash flow I was able to reposition and sell it for a lot more. And I had already at my first 16 unit under contract, which we syndicated. So it was all that in the pipeline that allowed me to quit my job.
1: Wow. Okay. So, I'd like to get into the 48 units a little bit and some details about that deal and or these deals. And maybe you can break it down a little bit. I know just from previous conversation it was two separate deals, but maybe you can just break that down a little bit and I'd love for us to go back to, you know, how you found these and, you know, just getting into the syndication process.
0: These deals we
1: found through
0: direct mail, off market. We sent postcards to we get lists from list source or other sources where we can find lists, and we send them postcards or we skip tracing and call a column. That's how we found these two properties 16 unit and 32 unit, both of them in McAllen. Class C properties in a great location, both of them. So we have been able to reposition the value added was there. Typical mom and pop property just the older couples they were ready to retire and we were able to negotiate a good price just from being able to talk directly to the seller instead of a broker for example one of the 32 unit the property right next to it there's a few 32 unit complexes right next to each other the one right next to it was for sale at the time we bought our property was for sale for probably a good higher price than the one that we bought. I mean, he hasn't been able to sell it just because it was through a broker and the broker was asking for so much money. So I feel that there's a lot of power when you find a property off market and you're able to deal directly with a seller. You can just have a much better opportunity.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just the transaction process. Or tell me about you know how did the property next door? You know the price tag that was on that. Did this seller know about that? Did they understand the price that was on that? And how did that affect the conversation? I don't think either
0: of the owners or sellers knew about each other or about the transactions going on. So one of them was off market; he was out of state, so I doubt that he knew how much the one next door was selling for. Again, this older guy, not very tech savvy. So, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't you know go on Zillow and check that, and also this other guy didn't know about us buying the property because he was an off market transaction directly with a seller, so there was no way for him to know that the other property was selling for a lot less
1: okay and and so these two separate deals you found you know off market and you found through cold calling and postcards, and so you know how often are you sending postcards? We send postcards about probably like three hundred or four hundred postcards a week. We try to stay on it
0: every now and then, you know, there might be a month that we don't send anything, but we try to stay on it. We buy lists with probably 2,000 or 3,000 addresses and we send, you know, three or 400 at a time and then just keep working through that list. And then once we finish that list, we start over. So each owner would get a postcard from us every two months or so.
1: And what's your criteria, like the types of properties that you're looking for?
0: We look for Class B and Class C in tertiary markets, just such as McAllen, the surroundings of San Antonio, Kingsville, and we try to stay San Antonio and South of Texas and between 12 and 40, 50 units. Okay. And that have been built since or not earlier than 2005.
1: Okay, and I think there's probably listeners that would say, "Well, you know, why aren't you just you know joint venturing these deals as opposed to syndicating?" How do you mean uh, joint venturing? So like, why wouldn't you just partner with somebody as opposed to syndicating a deal, you know, of this size? I mean, depending on how you're doing it, syndicating is probably the legal route to go. But I just think, you know, a lot of people are probably asking or wanting to ask, why would not you just do a joint venture, meaning just partner with somebody as opposed to a syndication? Yeah, I guess we haven't really looked into that option. And we really haven't found somebody
0: that would be wanting to put like all the money or have been able you know, to just put half and half. So we've gone the route where we had five, six, seven investors, and each of them put just a small chunk, and then we all enjoy the cash flow. Mm-hmm.
1: No, I congratulate you on doing it legally.
0: <laughs> no, that's
1: <laughs> awesome. And so what type of capital raise you know, did you have to raise for these deals? The 16 unit was
0: 170000 and the 32 unit was 330000
1: Okay. And so how did you start to learn the syndication process? What gave you the confidence to, you know, jump into the commercial real estate business and start raising capital?
0: It's a great question. My 10 unit, when I first started, I bought a 10 unit on my own. A 10 unit apartment complex, seller finance, zero percent interest, very low down, low monthly payment. It was a class D property. I don't know if I would buy it again, but I was able to reposition all that. So seeing that process gave me that confidence to, all right, I can do this, right? I did it with my own money and it turned out pretty good. So that was also, I guess, a tool or something I could show on my resume to my investor. Like, hey, I've done this. It turned out pretty well. I can do it, you know, with our money instead of just my money. And I've read plenty of books. I listened to a lot of good podcasts like yourself, like your podcast, and also joined a mentoring group in Dallas, Texas. So that really, you know, helped me and build that confidence and learn how to underwrite, learn how to, you know, vet all these deals, how to syndicate properly, legally, how to, you know, involve the right members to your team. So the mix of all that allowed me to go into the next level, which was syndication at the time.
1: So, what's the business plan for the sixteen and thirty-two unit?
0: So both of them is to sell them, exit within three to five years. So we're a year in now. So probably in 2021, we were going to start looking into exit and see how the market looks.
1: Okay. And so you know, what's the big upside? What's the value add on these properties? Rents were
0: very low. They were probably between 150 and $200 under market. Of course, we needed to do some work on these units uh, so we can increase the rents. There was no laundry room and both of them had a laundry room that wasn't being used. We were able to implement rubs and start back charging for water. And then we were able to add some amenities on the outside. The 16 unit, we actually brought an artist that painted a mural. There's a big wall. It's in a corner. It's a very good, like very visible location. So this artist painted a mural on this wall. So this allowed us to you know, separate ourselves from all the other complexes around the area. So that gives the opportunity to the tenants to say, all right, I want to live here because all the other properties look the same, but this one just looks nicer. So they're willing to pay that extra, maybe 10, $15 compared to the other units around them. So those were the items that we have implemented so far, as well as, you know, exterior lighting, LED lighting, lower the expenses on electricity. Better management, of course, previously they were being managed by the owners, self-managed. So basically no system. So all those items have definitely reflected on the NOI.
1: So where do you see your business going from now till, you know, let's say five years from now, is this your focus, like you said, between the, I don't know if you said like 12 to 50 unit properties, and that's kind of your niche, you hope to like keep just hammering those size properties? For now, yes. Um, One of the reasons that we like working in this space is
0: we see that there's a lot of people in the one to four units, right? There's a lot of people in the single family space, very competitive. And then you go to the other side of the spectrum and then you see a lot of big syndicators, a lot of institutional money on the 150 plus units. On a smaller scale, like we are right now, it's hard to compete with people from California, the people from Dallas, people from Florida that are bringing A lot of money and they are happy with you know like four percent return so it's hard to compete with that at the same time you know they come in with a million dollar earnest money going hard day one so how do you beat that right so we see that there's a lot less people in between this space because for the institutional money at 32 unit doesn't make sense for the single-family guy at 32 unit I mean they dream about one day graduating into a 16 unit so it's a sweet spot And we're expanding a little bit into like the 60 and 70 units. But for now, we definitely love this space. We're being able to, these two properties in McAllen are close to each other. Now we're adding a nine unit, which probably by itself, we wouldn't buy. But just because it's so close to these 48 units, it just makes sense. I mean, we're vertically integrated. So it's just adding nine more units to our portfolio. Similar investors, our investors are familiar with the area already. So it just makes sense to continue expanding. Same in San Antonio.
1: So you're self-managing as well?
0: Yes, we're vertically integrated. I mean, we have a team and then we have our self-management software. And that's how we work it out.
1: Nice. So tell me your thought process behind deciding to self-manage as opposed to getting third-party. This is a great question. At the beginning, we had third-party property management. We went through
0: Two property managers, and some of the biggest challenges that we found were there was no sense of urgency for them to lease a unit at all. We posted it on Zillow, we posted it on a million web pages, and it's not working. And they would find, you know, 20 things to blame, but it's never them. There was a few things, a few complaints from the residents that things that were not getting taken care of. So we had to step in and start, you know, taking care of other things that we felt it was their responsibility. So it became a combination of us taking care of some stuff already and also having to almost micromanage the manager. So I mean, if you're, you know, knee deep in it, might as well just take over, right? why are you going to be paying somebody for pretty much what we were not doing was collect rents and post eviction notices if there was any and like maintenance requests that's it so i mean that's not hard so we just took over it and
1: we're doing good we're doing pretty good have you found it difficult to implement this, the systems and processes of managing? It's a work in progress, honestly. I mean, we're
0: learning as we go. Like I mentioned, that 10 unit definitely helped me because that one I self-managed just because it was 10 units. So I went through several of the typical scenarios that you see on a, an apartment complex. So that really helped me having that previous experience and then implementing into this one it's still a work in progress, honestly. We're still learning. We're still every now and then make a phone call to, you know, a more experienced investor and say, Hey, what do you do when this happens? And still making progress.
1: I'm not sure that that ever (laughs) stops, you know, like you get to a spot to where it's like, you don't need to know somebody that's ahead of you, you know? So yeah, no doubt about it. Well, you know, tell me, are you looking in uh, one market or how many markets are you trying to like, you're mailing to and cold calling and stuff?
0: Most of it is San Antonio and South. Definitely looking in San Antonio, it's a little competitive in surroundings. You know, San Antonio has like Converse and Live Oak in other cities that I mean you don't even notice when you drive from one to the other it's all together so all these cities around san antonio are pretty much bear county and also kingsville which is a college town texas am university kingsville is down there pretty strong university so we like that area and then also rio grande valley which goes pretty much from brownsville texas all the way through you know edinburgh McAllen, far mission Rio Grande City Roma Texas all that is called the Rio Grande Valley so there's are some areas better than others so we market to those areas and now we're starting to do a little bit of Houston as well
1: tell me about you know how many team members are looking to or helping you on the acquisition side versus the management side so it's me
0: as the you know the lead person then I have a business partner who's Adrian he is actually taking care of the uh, management side. And basically, he's the operations manager. I have an assistant who helps me on the marketing side, send all the postcard, get phone calls, all that marketing side of it, the admin side of it. I analyze the deals and put the offers together, send them to her, and then she mails them out and follow up with the sellers. And then also on site, we have a person that helps us with leasing the units, showing the units, and just taking care of the day-to-day operations of the property.
1: You know, Now that you've done a few syndications, you know, what would you tell somebody that's looking to get into multifamily syndication or just getting started? Just take action. I see a lot of people, you know,
0: hey, I want to do this. I've been looking into this for three years. Maybe they've been to some seminars. I've even seen some people that have paid for the 20 some thousand dollars for the seminars and still just waiting on the deal to magically happen. Just take action. Choose one market, either go talk to brokers or do some kind of direct mailing and some kind of marketing and take action. Stick with it for six months and you'll find a deal and don't worry about you know, how you're going to thin 31 out of that deal in two years or three. Worry about how to find a deal, then worry about how to get it under contract and just keep going with the process step by step. I see a lot of people wanting to see the
1: entire plan laid out
0: before they take the first step and then just time goes by and they don't do anything.
1: It's like building an airplane while you're flying it, right?
0: (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. Or building the parachute as you go down. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's right. So what's been the hardest part of this syndication process or business for you? Learning things that I
0: wasn't familiar with before. For example, that second deal, the first deal that we did was just private lender. The second deal that we did was agency. So for example, on that one, learning just the agency process, You know, it's an entire job in itself how to just deal with from acquisition, all the paperwork that they need, and then maintain all that paperwork through the ownership of the property. For example, in that property, we borrowed the money to rehab the units. So we have to submit payment applications every month. So all that process.
1: Is there anything that you could tell somebody that hasn't done an agency, hasn't used agency debt yet? You know, like maybe something to help them be prepared for that. It's daunting to the eyes to see the list and what you need to do. But again,
0: just start by the first step and just continue doing it and it 's not impossible it 's not easy that if it was easy, everybody would be doing it right So just start on the first step and continue doing it. It requires some certain skills of you know organization in being able to submit all the paperwork and some math and some spreadsheets but it's it 's not impossible
1: How do you prepare for this potential downturn that everybody 's talking about? Great question. Honestly, underwriting very
0: conservatively. Don't go crazy with your exit cap rates. Don't assume that just because the property has been 100% occupied, you're gonna be able to, don't underwrite at 100% occupied or even 95, you know? Just being conservative, don't rush into a deal just because it looks nice. Make sure it makes sense. Run your stress test, stress test your deals. Make sure it makes sense. Make sure it's in a good location you're not buying just because it's a hot market and the city is in the middle of nowhere for hours from the next city. Those would be some...
1: What's one way you stress test a deal to make sure it, it makes sense? I would want to
0: see that I'm still breaking even like right around 60, 65 or 70. That I'm still breaking even occupancy. So if my occupancy for some reason comes down to 65 or 70%, I'm still breaking even. I'm not having to come out of pocket for that. That's one way. And also, you want to have a little bit of reserves on your bank account for that particular deal, just in case rainy day comes in, then you're not having to do a capital call right away.
1: Right. What's a way you've recently improved your business that we could apply to ours? Implementing systems. It
0: might not be you know a super new thing, but implementing systems like CallRail, like Podio, MailChimp. Also... Learning how to delegate, that's something that I struggle all the time. I have an assistant now, and slowly I've been giving her more and more duties. And sometimes she even has to like take them away from me. But learning how to delegate, that's definitely a good thing to do to grow to the next level.
1: Nice. What's your best advice for caring for investors so they want to come back to the next deal? So to give you an example, there was a quarter in that 16-unit
0: that we had a higher turnover than expected. So we as syndicators, we had a few pieces of the pie. We were getting money from the LP side, we are getting money from the GP side and also from the asset management side. So there was a order in which we decided to forfeit our asset management fee in order for the investor to see a little better return. So if it takes me not getting my full you know compensation distribution so my investors can be happy it's okay another example there was a 28 unit that i we had under contract for a little bit earlier this year and the market shifted the lending environment shifted like around september so when we had under contract the interest went up and the returns they were pretty slim compared to what we wanted to give to our investors so we had incurred in a lot of expenses in you know, the lender fees and other inspections and earnest money deposit. And we probably could have gone with a deal and made an average deal, but that's not what we want to do. So we decided to back out and lose the money that we had invested in the deal and protect our investors. That was not the return that we want to give to our investors. So we decided to back out. We shared the story with some of our investors and, you know, they were pretty proud that we are willing to take a hit. So they don't take a hit.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, tell us how you like to give back.
0: Anonymously, I'm a Christian and there is a uh, verse or chapter, Matthew 6. It speaks about not telling your right hand what your left hand does. So I do give back to my church and other charities. I just don't parade it on social media.
1: Nice. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate you sharing that as well. Tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you. So I'm on Instagram as rms.
0: That's M-A-U-R-M-S. I'm very active there. My email address is Mauricio, M-A-U-R-I-C-I-O, at demerici Group. That is D-E-M-E-D-I-C-I group.com. De Medici is like the Italian last name. And my webpage is www.demedicigroup.com.
1: Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital.